0: Hello everybody, I'm Mario, I'm the enthusiastic developer in this duo. Uh, I'm glad that my enthusiasm is going from one show to the next. A random fact about me, uh, once I was in Norway in a youth camp, and we actually visited, uh, like an old village that is made up like Viking old village. And they actually had a blacksmith, where you would have that big uh, thing that blows wind, and then it would blow into the fire and then you would take a piece of iron, put it into the fire. You would take a big slash hammer and then you would whack it onto the nail to actually make your own knife. So I made my own knife. And it's actually quite uh, uh, relaxing and liberating to bang out your own knife out of hot steel. So if anybody has a chance to try being a blacksmith for a day, I honestly advise it.
1: Love it. Looks Sounds like a really good testosterone raising exercise. Oh, yeah. Uh, hi, everybody. My name is Tom. I'm a, I'm a designer in the duo. Uh, a quick random fact about me is uh, since moving to this house, I have a daily walk in a large forest slash park that is literally across the street, and it used to be a golf course. Now It's just a huge park, and, and I do uh, my 10,000 steps every morning there walking my dog, which is great. And to your point of uh, forging knives, there's a TV show on History Channel called Forges in Fire. Have you seen that one? I love that show uh, when I lived in Croatia. My parents used to have uh history channel, so I would see it once in a while. It was a great, great, cool show. And maybe want to forge my knife. I never got a chance to do that yet, but uh, at, at some point I'm going to do that for sure. And for today's topic, so this is uh, this one's a little random, but today what Mario and I are going to do is we're going to talk about books and let, let's treat this episode as a book club. And we want to talk about a couple <laughs> of books that we read recently and maybe even not, not so recently regarding the industry, but not only that. So we're going to be sharing this. And uh, Mario, since you suggested a topic, I'll give you a first crack at
0: uh, a book of choice. Ooh, now I am uh, uh, now I am scared. So, actually, most of the books I read recently are uh, um, I do them audio. I do audio books recently because I started running again, and I actually get up at six AM and do a quick run. And what's so good about that? Nobody is pinging. No cell phone is pinging, no uh, WhatsApp, no LinkedIn, no email, no phone, no kids. I have like 45 minutes to myself and then I run and then I listen. Um, one of the cool things I listened to recently is predictable revenue. So I like predictable revenue. Predictable revenue is by Aaron Ross and Mary Lou Tyler. And I like the concept. Everything they say makes sense. However, um. I think it's, this is something that we discussed when we discussed mentorship. It's a little bit further down the line than I am currently. So it's not, not all of it is something I can apply directly. A lot of it is something I can apply directly. But in general, it's, it is an eye opener for some things, but it's in general, uh, a little bit further ahead than I am at the moment. I think it's for a little bit bigger enterprises than my small agency. So, uh, uh, but I definitely enjoyed it and it actually helped me made make quite a few runs. So, yay, one for me. That's good. Uh, how long do you think you're going to get to the
1: point where you're actually going to, it's going to be useful? Like, what is the metric that you know, like this is now I can start, put this into practice?
0: That's a good question. So before you answer that one, in two bullet points, what is predictable revenue? Predictable revenue is teaching you how to organize your sales and sales teams in order not to, uh, um, in order to have consistent income of new work and new sales and not having to worry like where your next job is going to come from. And uh, I'm currently in a situation where I'm a small company. There's like 10 of us and we're either uh, having people that are not working because we don't have a project or we're having a situation where we have a little bit more than we can deliver. And then it's a little bit of panic mode. And normally my job is to keep those two modes in sync. And I think I'm actually doing a good job. And I thing that I'm proud of is that my company, people don't work overtime. Like you go home. I respect that you have a life. We have a business contract that you're going to work eight hours on this job and After that, go home, see your wife, see your lover, see your dog, see your, I don't know, pet plant, whatever. Do do whatever you do when you're not here. Just do it because that's your life. Your work should not be your life. Um, And people are reacting really well to that. So at one point, I just have to, I think, in my mindset, say, okay, now let's go grow a little bit faster and a little bit stronger and uh, start applying more and more of these things. I'm already applying some of them, but more and more, yeah, it's just work and, and change mind, change of mindset and all of that that comes with reading and growing and applying stuff that you read. So it's going to be an interesting challenge. So what happens
1: when, let's say that you set up this sales pipeline and start delivering, right? So salespeople deliver and you cannot the demand. What
0: happens then? Uh, I don't know. I don't want to get myself into that situation because uh, I'm not the... My company is not the biggest company. My company is not the best company in the world. I'm never going to say that. But I'm able to look all of my clients straight in the eye and tell them that I did actually exactly what I told them that I do. And if I told them that I can do something, then I delivered. And if I couldn't do something, then I would look, look at them straight up and say, hey, I cannot do this right now. I'm going to be able to do it in three months. Is that something that works for you? And that's something that I want to keep. Because that's, for me, the easiest way to uh, look at myself in the mirror every evening and every morning. So from that end, I don't want to grow fast uh, uh, faster than I can grow. Does that mean that I'm probably not going to be a millionaire anytime soon? Yeah, it probably does. But on the other hand, I'm not going to be in a situation where I'm going to have 10 employees that I'm going to have to say, hey, I don't have money to pay your salaries. We need to terminate this. So it's, I don't know, maybe I'm old school. Maybe it's not important to be a millionaire. It's more important
1: to have, you know, workforce that likes you and likes working with you and, and clients that
0: actually appreciate what you deliver. I agree with that. Great. <laughs> right. But I would still like to know when my next job is coming, where from, and, you know, to have a consistent uh, a consistent income of jobs so that I can know, okay, this year there's, I don't know, 1 million, 2 million coming in, whatever. But that I know, okay, this is how much I expect and not, that I don't have to wing it but that I actually know how how it's coming where from it's coming and so on yeah it makes sense uh, there's
1: a there's a book I read last year called uh, I think uh, it's about how do some businesses get more people in that they can deliver and why it's a good thing uh, And basically one of the one of the great examples that the book uses is uh, you have a like a luxury brand, let's say uh, Gucci handbags, whatever. Right. And if you look at their store, it's a large store that has, I don't know, thousand square feet of space and it has 10 handbags inside and that's it. And there's a line outside and like women are just queuing to go in and see this $5,000 handbag. That's one of the 10. And it's like, you can't even get in, right? And then across the street, you have a handbag salesman who has a store filled with handbags from ceiling, floor to ceiling. They're all high quality leather handbags, handmade, way better quality probably than the Gucci across the street. They are 50 bucks each. And he's yelling like, hey, come in, cheap handbags. And nobody gives a shot, right? Uh, and, and then the book goes into how to, how to achieve the first one, not the second one. And, and how psychology of buying works and maybe even creating a demand that you cannot even fulfill and be okay with that. So like being okay with uh, leaving money on the table. So I think Gary V Visa, uh, that he would rather take on a project and then tell clients no for six months and say like, I cannot take on a new project until I deliver this one and this is the next starting date and then be okay with it. And then taking on three and then failing two and then fucking up your company.
0: So how did you say that was called oversubscribed? Okay, so you've touched based on a few points that I'm going to now address. And while addressing that, I'm going to recommend Influence by Chialdini. Cialdini, I don't know how that's pronounced. So in Influence, he kind of addresses this exact same example. He says that, I don't know, a lady had a jewelry store and she had some necklace that she couldn't sell. And the price was 20 bucks. So she said, okay, this is 20 bucks. Then, okay, it's 15. No, it's 10. No, it's five. No, it's three. No, nobody wants to buy it. And then at one point, she just, I don't know, went off her noggin and said, okay, it's $500. She sold it within the hour because. People have uh, automatic triggers that uh, we use in everyday life to make our shortcuts for our brains. Because if we actually analyzed every single decision that we make, we would never make any decision. we never get out of bed in the morning. And one of the triggers, one of the automatic triggers is that price correlates with value. Which is generally true, but because it's generally true, we take it as an automatic truth. And when we take it as an automatic truth, then uh, companies and influences and things like that are trying to manipulate us into believing them that it's true and just uh, charging a higher, higher thing. Yes. On the other hand, another book that I've recently, fairly recently read, like within the last year, and that I would also love to suggest here is from Alex Hermosi, $100 million offers. Where he goes and says, "Okay, you can do—I don't know—a um, health course for um, generally like a health, health life balance course for people for 19.99. However, if you do a health uh, life balance for salespeople, then it can cost 100. If you do a health life balance uh, for salespe for B2B salespeople, then it can cost." 200. And if you do it for outbound B2B people, then it can cost 250. And then if you do it for outbound B2B people in gardening, then you can do it for 500. It's generally the same product, a little bit tweaked and adapted. But because it's so niche, because it's so unique, because when it hits you, you say, wow, this is exactly for me, you are willing to pay for it a lot more. And Alex Hormozy's book uh, was an eye-opener for me. It was really interesting. All of his content on LinkedIn, on YouTube is very interesting. So whoever isn't watching Hormozy, I strongly suggest that you start. He's actually, I think, dropping his second
1: book now. I've saw, I saw a post that something is coming and it's about lead generation. So it's going to pair very well with the first one. Are you
0: sure it's first? He said that he's going to do $100 million lead generation, $100 million sales, but I don't know in which order.
1: So it was offers. And I think the second one is leads. And then it's going to be sales uh so but i think the leads are coming next but we'll see uh and and i love that his course is completely free on his website that's the you know that the guy's not bullshitting because he's like he's giving it for free so uh the philosophy behind it is really cool so yeah that's 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 definitely a good book uh who recommended that book to you
0: i don't i can't remember (laughs) if you recommended it to me or if i recommended it to you but yeah i know that it came out of so for all of you who don't know, before we actually started recording these, Tom and I would meet online like this like once a month and then discuss what we've read, what's happening in our lives, what are the new projects, what are the new technologies. And then at one point we just decided, okay, let's record this. This could be you know, interesting to some other people except for the two of us. Um, please subscribe, comment, and say that it is if it is. But basically uh, uh, quite a few of these book recommendations came out of... Uh, these conversations. There was
1: a there's a book that I fairly often uh, suggest to people around personal branding uh, that I want to mention because I just suggested it again a couple of days ago. Now working with a, a woman that's she's a virtual assistant, but like she's way more than just a virtual assistant and. When we had our initial conversations, this is what I told her, like, you're not a VA. And if you keep calling yourself a VA, this is where people's going to place you because you hear a virtual assistant, you put it in a box, like it's a person that does uh, menial work for cheap online, right? Whatever. But she works with specific niche of people. Uh, she concentrated on indie hackers and people building their own software, individual and stuff like that. So like, it's very specific niche and does not do only over reply to emails and stuff. She does a lot more stuff, uh, to help that specific group of people. So, so we kind of had this conversation, like you're not a virtual assistant. Like you do, you help these very specific people who are majority of them software engineers in a very specific way so we started talking about her personal branding and so on and one of the books that i love to recommend is from a creation author called Nella donato and her book on personal branding which is called human-centered brand uh and uh, it's a great book i even used one of her one of her slides from the book I use in my slides when I talk about personal branding is how the brand is built, and especially people think, oh, I'm, "I'm building. I need a personal brand. I need a logo." Like, no, logo is the last thing that you need. You're not a. You're not a shoe. You don't need a. You don't need a logo. You just need your signature, and that's it. And uh, you are who you are, and that's your brand. Uh, so it's a great little book. Uh, and it also comes with like uh, like a digital version with like a workbook that, that helps you through like your brand and guide styles because she's a guide, style, style guide. Uh, she's a, because she's a, she's a graphic designer. So she puts them a little extra on the graphic side as well. It's very useful. So that's definitely a good book
0: to recommend. So the problem I have with, uh, the problem I may be having with personal branding, I don't know. Uh, so I am a tech guy. I do software development. I can envision products, I can ask the right questions, I can define what needs to be built, how, when, by whom. I can even build it, I can deliver it, I can maintain it. So I can do the whole thing in the whole process. Mm -hmm. However, I'm doing uh, several things in my life. I'm running a software development agency. I'm working in a startup, which is a do-it-yourself platform for market research. It's called Picator, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. You should go out and buy everything. Uh, I'm doing this with you. I am, you know, playing drums. I'm doing all sorts of different stuff. And talking about personal branding, everybody tells you like, do one thing and then stick to it and make that one thing your personal brand. I don't know how to do that. And I don't know if I'm even okay with that. So that's my problem with all of the textbooks read in, uh, in and about personal branding is that... They kind of force you to focus on one thing and focusing on one thing and one thing only is uh, not necessarily what I do at the moment with my life. I don't know if that makes any sense.
1: Yeah, it absolutely makes sense. Uh, but here's the thing, and I can tell you right away that like, this book doesn't. And when I talk about personal brand with people is like you said in the beginning, like I'm a developer and I'm a guy who has questions and I'm uh, running an agency and I'm doing all of these things is personal brand. Like you are this guy. Maybe it's it fall the problem would be like, how do you name yourself? This is one more like, like, how do I name myself? I'm a designer and a speaker and a mentor and a comedian. What is the, uh so I kind of came up with this like okay, I'm Captain Awesome <laughs> because this is like why not it's there are no rules like people kind of feel in general we feel that there should be a rule for everything and we need to there's needs to be a system for everything. this is how we brought up this is because we live in a system that is built on rules so it's kind of when you do something new, it feels there should be a way to do stuff right but, that's not necessarily true. You can come up with shit. It doesn't matter. It doesn't like you can be a uh, uh, doctor computer. Who gives a fuck, right? It doesn't matter. Like you can be whatever Like you can come up with this. And then you're the one who, who gives it meaning. So like, what does it mean to be Dr. doctor computer? Yeah, yeah. It's like, you're going to be doctor computer. I'm going to be captain. Awesome. You, you're the, obviously the bad guy, obviously. <laughs> Tomorrow I
0: conquer the world.
1: So yeah, it can be like Captain Awesome and Doctor Computer do shit. Doesn't matter. Uh, and the, the, but the personal Ooh. brand comes, and I'm I'm going to share the the graphic from the from the book uh, here, and I'm going to put in the link. But the idea is uh, a lot of thing comes like, who am I? Who is my client? Who am I for my client? What am I doing? Why am I doing this? Uh, do you have only one client? Do you serve multiple people? Because realistically, as a CTO of a company, uh, of a startup, your client is your people, right? You don't have, you're not serving a client. You have a people who do that. So it's kind of like different than uh, me running an agency, finding clients from agency. It's kind of different, different thing. So, so there's a, there are a couple of, like, I don't, this is not an episode for this, but there are a couple of like exercises I like to run around like personal branding, ad- identifying who you are. As much as I know about this and this is kind of a funny story, uh, a friend of mine who does uh, pricing consultancy helped me with my personal brand because uh, as the saying goes, please use my advice. I'm clearly not using it. Uh, I had to go through this two hour process with him where we were, we were distilling Like, what is my core message? Like, I know who am I as a person? What is my personal brand? But he asked me, what is your core message that you want to put out? And like everything that I'm doing has to be distilled to this like single thing. Like there's this core common thing between everything. What is that? And I was like, I'm not sure, right? So, and once we got to it, It was so obvious, and is this something that I usually tell people? Like, this is what I really strongly believe, but I didn't pair it with like, this is my core truth that actually drives all of my decisions. And once we got to that, and and it's very the way we got to it is very similar to what I do when I work with people on how to identify their personal brand, and it's very valuable actually. You can I you and I can do that uh, one one day for sure. But anyway, uh, got a bit off topic. There's a there's a book I would like to recommend. That, sorry, yeah. No. no, no, I
0: just wanted to say that it's not off topic. Uh, and I also, this brought me to the book I'm currently reading, but go first. No,
1: no, no. My, mine was uh, uh, completely off. I think more, yours is going to be more related to what we are talking
0: about. Okay, my... so why is kind of related, and it's a book that I'm currently reading by, I cannot remember the author's name, so sorry if I'm looking at my mobile phone constantly. April Dunford. The book is called Obviously Awesome. Still haven't finished it but it's a lot about positioning and she gives a basic example like uh, you're making a new product and your product is a cake but a cake that people can take in their hand and eat on the go so it's a healthy cake and you can eat it on the go like you know you can buy it at a kiosk and then just walk to your work while eating it and then she says think about the positioning of imagine that was a pitch think about the positioning of your pitch if you say you are a cake, people will associate you with other cakes. Cakes are something you eat after lunch. They come served nicely. They are, you know, in slices. They need to be creamy. You cannot take it in a hand. Yes, you're twisted that you want to take it in a hand. That's your secret sauce. But the idea is that people don't relate you with that. So how do you do that? You don't be a cake. You go and be a snack. Ah, now I'm a cake-like snack, or now I'm a dessert-like snack, or now I'm a healthy snack because I'm actually healthy. Now I'm a polio diet snack. Now I'm talking about a different thing. I'm breaking your prejudice about what I could be if I misrepresent myself, and I'm immediately addressing the right audience that would be interested in something, because not the same people are going to be interested in, you know, uh, carry-along cake as they would be in a healthy snack. To, to eat after a gym, so she has quite a few interesting uh, uh, ideas, and they tie in very nicely with the hundred million offers, hundred million dollar offers from Hormozzi. So, uh, um, I like when other, when different people have ideas that kind of fit into each other. It means that they make sense. Yeah.
1: So yeah, absolutely. I love that book. I, I read that book a couple of years ago, and uh, it's uh, I even gave it away in one of my newsletter giveaways. Uh, it, it's a great book. Uh, and like you said, when they fit together, I kind of see it as a sort of a sort of a recipe type of thing. Like uh, Alex's book is one thing, this one is the other, and then you kind of take the things that work and put them together, and make they make sense for you. Uh, I got a book from a uh guy that mentored me a couple of years ago. Uh in I had a weird relationship with money back then. And uh it kind of uh, the, the definition would be like it's kinda I felt dirty selling things in terms of I never like liked sales, but but it was a very just such a it felt very cringe for me. So so he bought me a book gave me a book for Christmas called, uh, you are a Badass at making money, uh, by author called Jen Sincero. And, uh, she was, uh, homeless at some point, right? Really down, like broke and then changed her life and and made a fuckload of money and whatever. But the, the book is not about how to make money. The book is more about how to change your relationship towards money and not just how you see money, but also how you see, uh, asking money for the things that you provide. And uh it, it it's like eighty percent of the things that you know, and that's true for a lot of books recently that I've been reading, is like there's a lot of things that I know and, and before we started you said like all of these guys are saying the same thing. Uh but there's even if there's like nine out of ten things that you know, there's this one thing that can be crucial on on like unlocking something and, and telling you something that you know in a different way that kind of shines a different light on the thing. So I, was, I would always rather like read, read the book or listen to the book that I think I know and then pick that one thing up, then discard it completely, right? And and this book was one of those uh, where, where it kind of gave me a new insight on the things that I already knew that was wrong with me and, and helped me change that. And uh, last week I got a recommendation for a book called uh, I'm also looking at my phone because I'm reading, uh, listening all of the books. But the book is called it's from Brandon Burchard, The Six Habits of Growth, Uh, and I got it recommended by a friend because I've. Recent couple of weeks, I felt like really stuck and burnout, and like this doesn't make sense and that doesn't make sense and whatever. uh Kind of lost the will to do some of the things, and and he told me like you have to listen to this book, because he said like it's not going to be anything new, but it's going to be some of the new maybe ways of looking at things and, and how to reignite the, the spark. and And he was not wrong. So I listened to the book. It was it was a great insight on some of the things that I kind of. Forgot because it's easy for us. Like we've been we've been doing our work for nearly two decades now, so it's been a while. Uh, and you've done so much things that you normalized it as like like as humans, our baseline is highly adaptable. So a lot of things kind of changed. Uh, and we are like, oh yeah, build this thing, it did the thing, and like we don't give it much value and attention. But it's actually like we do some awesome, amazing shit, and everybody does right. So it's so easy to forget. They're like, oh, we did all of these cool things, and and then like, well, let's do more of that because it's awesome. Like, why not? So now I started reading his next book. Uh, I'm still uh, like one third high performance habits, which uh, the guy studied uh, athletes and CEOs of the world for twenty years, and like train millions of people and then distill what makes successful people successful and what gives them drive and what gives them the passion and how they still retain the sense of achievement and happiness years on end without feeling the burnout and without feeling feeling like a failure Uh, so so
0: that's you mean they you mean they don't have like a magic potion or something no
1: unfortunately not so so there are there are a couple of habits that you need to include. So So I'm, I'm putting those on, on piece of paper uh, this weekend. And I'll give it a go during the summer and see what happens.
0: Uh, so the only problem, I mean, the, the problem, the thing about the books, the books are a great resource to learn, great resource to read, great resource to get advice from people who've done it, how they've done it and how they would help you to do it. The only problem, quote unquote problem, is that after reading the book, you need to A, decide what works for you and what doesn't, and B, apply it relentlessly, with full force, with full time. If you don't apply it, the thing that you read it, mm, and this is, I don't wanna say now that I'm the smartest person ever that's applying everything he does and so on, I'm not. I would like to apply much more than I am. But I know that in theory, So reading is great, but I still fail at applying everything and this is something that I need to work on.
1: I've read somewhere that there are it's like a coping mechanism for people who say wanna do a thing and they they say like I need to learn this and whatever. And then it's relentless cycle of books and tutorials and Courses and videos, and it's always I have to continue learning and improving and nailing the thing before I do it. And it's sort of an excuse why they never actually do the thing. Uh, Just do it. There's, you will never be 100% ready. You will not never know 100% of the things. I still don't know a lot of shit that I I still do. So always there's something new, but it's like a coping mechanism and kind of more of like a safety mechanism because while you're learning, and not doing the work, you cannot fail, right? So it's kind of like, it's it's a, it's you're protecting yourself from failure. So it's like, you, oh, I, I'm not ready to do this yet. And then I'm going to do it next time, sometime, eventually. Yep. The time never comes, right? So You're not
0: stepping out of your comfort zone. You are still in your happy place. You're still doing the same thing you did yesterday and expecting that it will somehow change once. No, the only way to change is to do something else. Just do it and it's scary and it's hard and but it's also kind of great and it requires discipline and persistence and this is something I'm not the strongest at but I am fighting good man
1: uh, first, uh, okay so I know that we are kind of uh, nearing the end of our time and I there's a there's a book series that I want to recommend that uh, I've been sharing with as much as people as I can and it has some really great feedback this one also goes for you so it's a science fiction book series uh there are four they're fairly short the fifth one is currently at the editors coming out soon Uh, but before I get to that it's how I discovered them so I listened to a book uh project Hail Mary and it was gifted to me by one of my closest friends and he was like, I know that you don't listen to books that like that are nonfic that are like I'd re- I'd listen to non nonfiction. He was like, I-, I know that you're not listening to books, but you have to listen to this one, you're gonna love it, blah blah blah. So I was like, Okay, fuck it. It was my birthday, he got the book for me. And uh Project Hail Mary is the written by Andy Weir, so the guy who wrote The Martian. And uh I was making breakfast when I was started listening. And I had to sit down and just, I was sitting down for the first hour, just being completely pulled in by the book, right? So it's an amazing book that uh, I think is better than The Martian. And the same team that wrote the screenplay and recorded the movie are now making the movie for Project Hail Mary. Can't wait to see that one. Uh, Theaters eventually. Uh, And then... Because I love the book partly because of the narrator. narrator is amazing. It, it, he does voices and emotion, and it sounds like a one-man drama. So I went on Audible to see what else does this guy narrate, right? And he does hundreds of books. Like this guy is like the top narrator who would have guessed. So I, I, I look at all of the books that he narrated, and the top uh, book was called The Bobbyverse so that was uh, uh, on the top it's a a very science fiction nerdy book and it's like a nerd comedy Uh, if you are like me, grew up on Star Wars and Star Trek and Stargate and Bell, Star Galactica and all of the stars and the things and all of the TV shows (laughs) uh, you're gonna love it because the guy is like something older, uh, a couple years older than us, maybe 10 years older he's a software engineer turned Writer, uh, and the book is basically there was a one like bad review of the book, which I thought was the best review ever, and it's like somebody gave it one star. It says, "Nerd saves the universe," and I was like, "Yes, yes, like, yes that's totally plausible. Of course, just give nerds the power." Uh, but the good nerds, not the the bad Silicon Valley nerds. Anyway, um, the 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 book is called the Bobbyverse series and uh, the first one is called We Are One, We Are Bob. Uh, I don't want to spoil anything. It starts as a soft soft science fiction novel. It turns into a a
0: civilization-building story, and it's really, really great. Speaking of books that work really well because of who narrates them, if you like rock and roll music, there's a book written by Dave Grohl called Storytellers, which is narrated by Dave Grohl. (laughs) Listen to it. Loved it. Yeah, it's it's great. It describes his experiences through Nirvana, Foo Fighters, previous bands, uh, private shows, private parties, all of that. And he's really enthusiastic, and you know, talking about it really, really uh, happily with nostalgia, with everything. So I highly recommend it. Amazing and with that. With that one, I think we need to uh, wrap this up with a bad joke. So, Tom, have you ever played blindfolded darts? No, you don't know what you're missing.
1: But <laughs> okay, good one. I have a, I have another Chuck Norris one, because I kind of got back into them. So, uh, so Jesus maybe walked on water, but Chuck Norris can swim on land. Anyway, uh, thank you everybody for for listening, tuning in, watching the show. Uh, Yes, we will
0: put the links to these books somewhere down there, which you can find when you subscribe, like, and do All of the things.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, I'll, I'll see you, Mario, in the next one. Yes, enjoy.